Hey, this is Alex Turcotte. Hey, this is Doc Emmerich here. Hey, this is Sean Avery. Hey, this is Jamie Baker. Hey, this is Jason Zucker. And you're listening to... And you're listening to... And you're listening to... And you're listening to the Tomahawk Roundup. So, what is going on, guys? This is Frank Zorowski here with the Tomahawk Roundup, and I am joined by one of the great hockey writers of our generation, Chris Johnston of Sportsnet. Chris, how are you this morning? I'm doing well, despite there being uh, very little hockey to write about at this point in time. Yeah, it's unfortunate, and I wanted to start off with that. What are we hearing from the league in terms of the return of the NHL or the cancellation of the season? I know the East Coast League has canceled their season. The USHL and the OHL have canceled theirs. What are we hearing from Commissioner Batman about that? Well, it's almost kind of gone into a little bit of a period of stasis here, I would say, uh, the last few days anyway you know the, the league is uh, allowed the players to to go anywhere they want that you know the europeans a lot of them have traveled back home to their countries obviously those in north america are doing their thing uh, the players are quarantining and you know, i think that the league is really taking stock of you know the spread of coronavirus and and trying to, to forecast out what it what can be done and so you know because we're still here in march i, I do think that there's a little bit of a pause. It's not to say those at the top of the league aren't, aren't busy handling everything that they have to handle in the moment, but you know, I don't think that we have much of a clear sense probably in the last seven days uh, of when or if the, the NHL can resume, and you know, maybe we'll get a little better sense this week because the league is scheduled to have uh, some calls uh, with first with the owners and then with the general managers, and you know, we'll likely be sharing some new information during those calls. Fabulous. So I want to shift to some more positive stories, you know, the stuff you've covered. So what, what are, um, how did you get involved in covering hockey for Sportsnet? As, a, as an aspiring sports journalist myself, how did you get involved with that? Well, for me, it goes back a long time. You know, when I was a young kid, for some reason, I had my mindset on becoming a hockey writer when I was five or six years old, and it never really left me. So uh, I went to journalism school at Ryerson in downtown Toronto, which is a pretty good school for journalism here in, in Canada, and uh, you know, just just started small. You know, first worked some some night shifts with the wire service at Canadian Press, doing uh, junior hockey stuff, and I uh, slowly built my career out from there. I went to Sportsnet uh, in, in 2013. It was before we had the national NHL rights deal at that point, and uh, you know, really first started as a hockey writer, and have, have since now in, in more recent years moved into broadcasting as well and, and I'm part of Hockey Night in Canada and that. So, you know, I, I was, there, there certainly wasn't probably even a path that could be followed now with the changes in media. Um, but, you know, it was a small dream when I was young and I've been lucky enough to, to be able to live it out and uh, have a chance to do it now. Yeah, so when you're with Hockey Night in Canada, something that I have streamed for years and years and modeled my reporting after what does that look like going on Hockey Night in Canada? What is, take us through a day in the life on set of Hockey Night in Canada. Well, for me specifically, I'm, I'm on the second intermission panel called Headlines uh, with Elliot Friedman. And so Elliot and I are kind of responsible for you know, bringing newsy bits uh, to every Saturday show. And so, you know, usually if the Maple Leafs are playing a home game on Saturday, we'll, we'll go to the morning skates and, you know, just to be around the game, get a flavor for what's going on, talk to people there. You know, Elliot and I typically go from there to, to have lunch and, and, you know, start working through some of what we've heard, what, what we think the show might look like. And then, you know, the afternoon, um, we're at the studio where, you know, usually there's afternoon games on, but where we really start working the phones and 
pushing, you know, following stories, following up on the tips we have. And, you know, it's only a five-minute segment or six-minute segment uh, each week, but, you know, there's a fair amount of work and attention that goes into it. But, you know, honestly, it's, it's a lot of fun for us. And, you know, sometimes it's organized, sometimes it's chaotic right up until <laughs> basically the red light goes on on the camera. We don't exactly have who's going to say what worked out or what order our topics are in. Um, but, you know, it's been a great thrill in my life to be able to do it. And, you know, this is my third season on there. It feels almost a little bit surreal to be able to say that. So, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's pretty cool to, to even just have a small role as they do on what's a huge institution here in our country. And, and, and you know, I hope to continue that once we, we get on the other side of the, the COVID crisis. Yeah, absolutely. So talking about working the phones and breaking stories, what's the biggest story that you've broken on your little second intermission show with Elliot Friedman? Oh man, that's that's a hard one. You know, it's uh, there's, there's so many stories day in and day out. Honestly, even if if you go back and watch the last Saturday we had, I, I don't know which date that would be off the top of my head. Um, the seventh, maybe in March, but uh, you know, I had a lot of the COVID stuff out there, and I think at that point, you know, most people probably didn't realize how urgent it was. And I don't know if that, that falls in a breaking news category. I know you're you're probably looking for a big trade or something. Um, but, you know, I think we pride ourselves on on being on top of what's happening around the league. Uh, it's not always just, just trade rumors and things like that. No, it's, it's so much more. Taking a pulse taking a pulse of where what everything is going on and, and trying to, to give anyone who's not, you know, I realize a lot of our viewers and fans are, are probably all over every little nugget of information on Twitter. But, you know, some people are just tuning in on Saturday to catch up on things. And so, you know, I think we try to, to bring... Uh, a mix of those two things, but um, you know, I, I can't think of one big thing. You know, it, it, my brain almost doesn't work that way. Um, very sort of focused on the moment, and it's hard to look back, especially at such a weird time like this. But I'll give you a better answer next time we talk. Absolutely, no. This is this is great. So you've covered ten Stanley Cup Finals. The mere thought of that blows my mind. Uh, working uh, two Olympic games. I talked with Mike Emmerich. Have you gotten a chance to talk with him during your broadcast? And if so, what's he like as a person? I know we all know Doc is a broadcaster, but take us through the personal side. Well, I would say he's a sweet, uh, you know, off mic or off air as, as, he, as he comes across. I mean, he's just a very real, genuine person. I think he takes a lot of pride in his work, who does a fantastic job, and... and um, you know, I'm sure still to this day, despite everything he's, he's done in his career, and certainly he's far more accomplished than I am, is um, probably just grateful for the opportunities that, that, that he's been able to, to have. And so, you know, he's always a, a warm face, uh, you know, when, when we cross paths at, at major events uh, around the league over the years. And, you know, someone who takes his preparation very seriously, which is something I, I really respect. I mean, he's always finding a new angle and, you know, as one of the broadcasters, you know, play-by-play guys do it different ways. But, but one thing about Doc is he always goes in the dressing room and talks to players and explores things that he wants to, to share uh, with the, the, the viewers on, on the broadcast. And you know, I, I kind of admire, uh, you know, the, the degree of preparation uh, he puts in even after all these years where I think he could, could almost play his greatest hits at this point. I mean, people are just used to his call and his voice, but, you know, I think he's always trying to find out new pieces of information as well. Uh, what we're going about his day-to-day work. Yeah, I mean, this is this has been probably one of my favorite segments we've done. Chris Johnson of Sportsnet. Anything else you want to add for our listeners in the Chicagoland area and beyond? 
no, just uh, hold hold strong out there. I hope everyone's being smart, and uh, you know, obviously, we all miss the, the the things we love in our day to day life. For you know, for which me, you know, hockey's right near the top of that list. But um, you know, just just do what's right now, and I think to the time when we can enjoy the things that we're missing at, at the the current moment will, will come uh, a lot sooner. All right, Chris Johnson of Sportsnet. Thank you so much, Chris. No problem. Thanks for having me.